Hey everyone, uh, episode 109, I'm actually going to get it right this time. I have been messing up on that for the past like three weeks, and I want to make sure I get it right. Solo episode today, got a couple comics lined up <clears throat> for the next couple weeks. Well, goodness, I'm about to die right there. Uh, feels good to be back. I took a trip for July 4th. You're going to hear about that trip. You're going to hear about my Hinge experiences, because I am now the Hinge Prince. I'm not the Hinge God, okay? A lot of people like to say they're the Hinge God or the Hinge King. I'm going to default that role and let somebody else take it. I'm the Hinge Prince. So eventually, I will become Hinge King, but for the time being, Hinge Prince. So we'll talk about me being the Hinge Prince, and then we'll get, uh, you know, how we get philosophical at the end. We'll get philosophical at the end. Some things happened on a trip to Cincinnati, and something happened today right before I, I started running, and then I'll talk about, oh, I have props. I have props, and I just knocked over all of the stuff. This book, and I don't have the cover on it, Think Like a Monk. I've uh, been getting into some monk mind things, and this book talks about how to form your monk mind, and we'll relay some messages over to you. And uh, yeah, so so let's get right into it. hope everybody had a good 4th of July. I got to start off by saying something. I got to say this. This isn't a political statement. I don't make political statements. I, I deal with facts and logic and reason. I don't deal with with questions or or what have you. Don't not celebrate the day. A lot of people right now, uh, for no reason, are saying there's no reason to celebrate the 4th of July because it's an imperialist holiday. America's this imperialist country. Now, I agree with you that we've went a lot of places that we shouldn't have gone. I'm with you on that. But you know, we're celebrating us getting away from England. And 4th of July, honestly, I don't even think of 4th of July as a holiday where we're like, great job, military, great job, what have you, great job, foreign powers, whatever, we defeated them. It's a day where we eat hot dogs with the fam. And that's really it. We play home run derby in the backyard with wiffle ball bats, the classic yellow wiffle ball bats. Uh, we watched Joey Chestnut, Joey Jaws Chestnut, devour 70-plus hot dogs. We eat some watermelon. We joke around. We watch fireworks. We shoot Roman candles at each other. That's what the day is all about. It's not this sort of, well, I'm not. I'm abstaining from celebrating the 4th of July because America is an imperialist country. Put all that aside for the time being. Let us reflect and celebrate with our family that's what the 4th of July is all about. That being said, I did not spend 4th of July with my family. I was in Cincinnati with my boys. I was in Cincinnati with my friends, my two friends, which will remain nameless. Uh, I don't know why I do that. I, I believe in anonymity. They didn't ask to be on the show. So there's like, obviously, I'm not going to put them out there. I'm not going to like, there's not, they didn't do anything that would be like, look bad upon them. But I just believe in a hint of anonymity. Uh, for the listeners out there that don't follow me on Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw who these people are, okay? And so I, I yet to go out there, and I've never been to Cincinnati my whole life, you know? Uh, that's basically another time zone. You're almost in central time out there. It's Midwest, and I'm not normally a fan of the Midwest. Uh, you know, a lot of comics won't talk bad about cities because they're worried about never selling tickets. Me, I don't sell anything, so why worry about that? You know, why worry about selling tickets when that's a scenario that I'm not even associated with? So we'll get to, to Sensi Talk uh, here in a minute. But the trip, uh, 
a lot of fun. I've never been to the Midwest, really. I think I've been, I haven't been to Memphis, but I've been in the middle of Tennessee. That's like the furthest west I've ever been, all right? Not very well versed in, in the Midwest world. Gotta say, Midwest, coming from a guy in West Virginia who knows what it's like to not have options. Disappointed in the lack of options in Cincinnati. Disappointed in the lack of restaurants. Disappointed in the lack of things in Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know how you have pro sports teams, but you have pro sports teams. The Reds used to be like the team, the big red machine. That used to be the team. The Bengals, that's a pro football team. Yeah, here I go just naming sports. Uh, they have that soccer team too. I don't know how you earn that. I really don't know how you earn that. I would rather put all of those teams in Columbus if I were to create, you know, the leagues over again. I'm putting the teams from Cincinnati and putting them into Columbus. Uh, Cincinnati is farmland as far as I'm concerned. It is farmland. It is, it's country, you know, and that's fine. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it's weird to me that you have pro sports teams. I didn't realize how country that place was because because I've only seen Cincinnati on television and I've only seen it in uh, sports. So, you know, obviously the stadiums are there and they look huge and they always show panoramic shots of the city you know, or the river. And it's like, oh, look, you know, those are big things. Those are big landmarks. Obviously, the city's big. Wrong. Nothing really in Cincinnati was very eye-catching to me. Um, sorry, hate to say it to my few Cincinnati listeners, but the city did not wow me. And that was my grandfather's favorite baseball team. And so I had this idea of Cincinnati being this miraculous city. You know, I'd watch the Reds with him all the time. And I would watch, you know, the Reds on TV at my house all the time. City was disappointing. It was disappointing, bro. The only, like, I took a lot of pictures as I was driving home because I was driving through corn country. I was driving through farmland. And it was just so flat and so desolate. And there was nothing there. And the only restaurants you had were, like, the fanciest restaurant you have near Cincinnati is, like, Max and Irma's or Cheddar's. Like, people are getting proposed to at that little rock enclosure at Cheddar's in Cincinnati, okay? That that wasn't a very... It didn't wow me at all. It didn't wow me at all. And I went to a nice bar. I went to a nice restaurant, got fish and chips. It was great. You know, I uh, fell in love with the bartender. And then one of my friends made an off-color remark suggesting that he and I were in a relationship. And she thought it was a very... He thought... She thought he was being very serious. And was asking about our relationship and things got awkward very fast because I was in love with her and now she thinks I'm in love with my friend. So shout out to my friend for embarrassing me like that in front of my future wife. Again, Cincinnati, I just, if I had more to say, I would, but there's just not enough there for me to go in and you don't deserve to be like ridiculed. You know, it's not your fault that there's not a ton there. That's not your fault. We went to this outdoor bar up it was rooftop bar rooftop bar overlooking the water and the Bengals football field really cool view nobody there nobody there the dj was playing great music dj was playing great music i met a couple deadheads um disappointed by the lack of young people there maybe i'm just not in the right area i don't know maybe i have to hang out closer to university of cincinnati's campus i don't know i don't know uh, the good thing about Cincinnati, I will say this, there is some silver linings. No traffic. 
Traffic was not an issue. However, the roadways were an issue. I made two wrong turns because there was construction going on, and my GPS could not pick up the fact that there was construction going on, and it made me miss a couple exits. Also, one time I was focusing on this Ralphie May comedy Bible thing that he was, was telling these amateurs about. And I think it's always good to go back and learn more. No matter how many years into it you are, how funny you think you are, learning from professionals always a good route to go. Student of the game, if you will. Disappointed in Cincinnati. So let's talk about the trip. Let's talk about the trip. We, we loosely ranted about how boring of a city Cincinnati is. And I know they have comedy clubs there. I know comics go there. I know they have pro sports teams. I know it is a city that exists. People outside of Ohio know Cincinnati exists. Kind of disappointing, guys. Kind of disappointing. Um, so I get there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I stay three days in Cincinnati. Uh, drive up. Go up to Columbus. Over. Went that route. The, right, the route home, I went down through corn country and then home. Um, again, not a lot of traffic there, so that was great. I get there, and I'm waiting to see things. You know, I'm staying at one of my friend's places. Night, one night, I'm staying at one of my friend's places, uh, like 20 minutes north of downtown. 20 minutes north of downtown in Pittsburgh, there's some stuff to do. 20 minutes north of downtown Cincinnati, you have a Circle K, and you have a... CVS, maybe, you know, good for them. We went to this one bar restaurant thing. It was essentially an outdoor Applebee's. This bar restaurant was so bad. I don't even remember the name of it. I don't want to know the name of it. It was very disappointing. It was outdoor Applebee's. That's a slap in the face to Applebee's, honestly. They served us bowling alley food. I didn't know what to order. Okay, so I ordered a little kid thing where I ordered chicken and french fries. That's not hard. You can't screw that up. How did it get screwed up? I don't know. I don't know, but it did. Okay. Uh, outdoor. Outdoor. Great. Some guys playing live music. That's great. I love it, you know, but the food was very lackluster. The food was very lackluster. And I probably won't return to that place because I don't even remember the name of it. They did have outdoor beach volleyball, which was cool. Um, so you go there and then we go back to my one friend's apartment and we start watching True Detective. So the whole weekend we watched True Detective season one over again because we're getting into Rust Cole's philosophy of nihilism. Uh, except, uh, you know, I can't go down that rabbit hole, but they can. Um, so we watch a couple episodes of that. Cinematically speaking, that's arguably the best season of television of all time. And story-wise too. Acting, everything. That's arguably the best season of television of all time. True Detective season one. Okay. Um, day two. Day two, Saturday. That is the big day. We got a bunch of stuff lined up. So let's get into it. We're going kayaking, folks. And if you know me, you know I hate boats. You know I don't mess with the water because all of that is undefeated. The water is undefeated. I don't mess with the water because it is undefeated. So is the sun. That's why I always wear sunscreen and a hat and this and that. Sun and water, undefeated, natural elements. So I signed this waiver, signing my life away, saying, hey, if something happens on this trip, we're not liable. I get it. Give me the pen. Let me sign it. 40 bucks for a life vest, kayak, paddle, whatever. The people in Cincinnati were in a state of shock and awe. Every single person I talked to, when I'm preparing to go out on the water, 
I think it's like the Miami Whitewater or the Miami River. When I'm preparing to go out on it, when I'm in the bus going towards it, because they load you up in the school bus, and uh, or even when I'm on the water and people are talking and asking like where we're from, because it's a bunch of people going down at the same time, you know. Um, the water was very high, the water was very brown, and the current was very fast. These are all very dangerous things that make up kayaking, all right? And for a guy who's only kayaked maybe three times in his life back in the Boy Scout days, I'm getting thrown into the, the big leagues here, all right? So, you know, we, do we set sail, you know, and I'm ready to rock, and these people are like, oh, you're from West Virginia, you're used to class five rapids or whatever, this ain't nothing to you. This is easy. And I'm having to act like I know what they're talking about. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I just come here to chill out. I'm visiting these guys. Just figure to be something easy for us to do. I know nothing. I know nothing. But they think, and that's a big thing that my monk book talks about, perception. How people perceive you and how uh, you need to essentially method act. With all those really good method actors like Daniel Day-Lewis, uh, uh, Christian Bale, Jared, I, I, no, who's the guy? The Joker guy. Heath Ledger. You know, all these method actors who really buy into the character. You need to be a method actor for your own life. So method act the type of person you want to become. The be, uh, to, be, to become. Alright? So if you see me method acting, being a better comic, it's because I want to be a better comic. So in my mind, I will so, sort of prepare myself to do that because I'm method acting to... Be a better comic. Be a method actor to be a better accountant. Be a method actor to be a better pipeliner. Be a better be a method actor to be a better uh, husband, wife, what have you. Be a method actor. Set yourself up for that success that you want. Enough philosophy. Let's go to the kayak trip itself. I have the cooler. It is the heaviest thing. I'm the thinnest, skinniest person. I have to kayak with the cooler. My one friend has a backpack filled with phones, uh, towels, what have you. Looking back on it, taking the phones and putting them in plastic bags, horrible idea. If it goes in the water, you're not finding it. The water was brown. And the whole time, you know, we're trying to link up. We're trying to literally tie our boats together with string. Really dumb idea. We learned that the hard way when one of our friends tried to dock onto a sandbar the first time. And the other two, me and my other pal, were getting caught in the current and just basically getting whipped around the sandbar going in circles like this. It was very embarrassing. All right. We skipped some rocks, as you saw on my Instagram story. I know how to skip rocks. That was a bit. I had my friend from Texas say, you don't know how to skip rocks, man. Dang, I hate this generation. Y'all been inside too much. I know how to skip rocks. It's a joke. All right. Uh, and the whole time we're floating down the river... And we're on tide now. The whole time we're floating down the river, it's, you know, there's nothing there. You, you see river banks with tall grass, maybe a couple of bushes, a couple of trees, nothing. And the whole time we're thinking, this environment looks eerily similar. Season one, True Detective. Oh boy, look at that crossover. It looks just like season one of True Detective, especially in episode five, four and five, when they're having those shootouts with Reggie Ledoux and they're crawling through the muck, and they're looking, at, you know, they're, they're, I don't want to ruin it for you, but they're essentially staging that shooting, you know what I'm talking about, if you know, you know, all right, and you see these trees, and this tall grass, and stuff like that, it looks exactly like that, because the water's involved to kind of make divs at that Louisiana swampy vibe, 
even though we're on a muddy riverbank in the middle of Ohio. Uh, so now that is in our mind, that this looks like season one of True Detective. Then we start making the joke about Carcosa, which is uh, Carcosa in season one of True Detective is like this devil-worshipping place in the middle of the bayou. There's a bunch of stick figures, and it's very symbolic, very symbolic stuff. Uh, you know, a lot of trapezoids and crosses and this and that and people made out of sticks very symbolic stuff so whenever we see these beaver dams or these these clusters of branches and, and trees and stuff like that we're like oh look carcosa carcosa well we found out the hard way what carcosa was really like because we thought it would be a great idea to again all float down at the same time we're getting spun around every now and again it doesn't matter we're chilling it's relaxing it does not matter and uh, then we start going down backwards, and we're chilling backwards. Ah, open water, no big deal. And we, and then my one friend, uh, Jay, we'll call him Jay. He goes, "Oh boys, we got Carcosa coming up," and we all turn around collectively at the same time. Bam! Right into, <laughs> right into the Beaver Dam, right into Carcosa, right into the collection of of sticks and branches. Jay's canoe, or no, Jay's uh, kayak. Flips over. He capsizes. No life vest on. He starts floating down the river, panicking, panicking. Uh, he was alive, but he shook the hand of uh, of of God or what have you in Carcosa and made it out alive. Unfortunately, unfortunately, his kayak was designated as the T-shirt kayak. I designated him that position since I had other things. So I put my t-shirt on there, and it was stupid of me to wear a decent t-shirt. I'm not saying it was the nicest t-shirt I own, but uh, whenever I put it on, I'm always like, you know what, this is a nice t-shirt. You have t-shirts like that, where you're like, you know, this isn't great. I wouldn't probably go out-out in this, but this isn't a workout t-shirt. It's just a regular day t-shirt. I got it at the Yingling Brewery in 2019. I was on a date at that time, I believe, but... I liked it just because of how soft it was, and it was a great memory of a great year that I had in my life. And it, it was something, sort of a, uh, an heirloom or a memento that I hung on to, not about the person I was with, but about myself. I enjoyed it, so I wanted to keep it. It is now in the bottom of the Miami Whitewater. Uh, I was a little bit upset, but not extremely upset, because you know I was more worried about uh, Jay surviving that uh, kayak flip, surviving Carcosa, um, we end up floating, you know, some more, paddling some more, meeting some more people, maybe pulling over at a sandbar once or twice. Um, just keep going, you know, just keep going. And then we get like, um, we get like a mile out from the finish and this EMT boat starts, uh, coming up stream towards us and it's telling us to get over. We can keep paddling, but just get over to the side. We're confused because it just does this quick lap and comes back and, and, and docks. Um, and we, we were thinking, oh, they're doing some test thing, you know, it, it can't be that serious, you know, but they're, they didn't seem to have a sense of panic on their face. Um, you know, and, uh, we dock and that's great. And we're, and we're chilling. And, uh, later that night we find out that a woman had died, uh, while we were on the water and it was, I, d I definitely didn't care about the t-shirt at that point. It was a very humbling experience. It was a very eye-opening experience, a very creepy experience. Supposedly she had her life vest on and still drowned somehow. I'm not going to, I'm not going to speculate how, how I think, um, 
that happened, but it was crazy. We were watching the fireworks on Sunday morning. We were watching the fire or Sunday night. We were watching the fireworks on TV because we couldn't see him from the apartment. And the first story on the news after the fireworks ended, we're talking about a woman who had passed while kayaking in Miami Whitewater. Same day, same time we were out there. She's a couple miles behind us. And uh, it's crazy, man. Crazy. Uh, I probably shouldn't have put that in the middle. I probably should have saved that to later because now I got 15 roughly more minutes. And that's a tough one to come back from. Uh, thoughts and prayers to her family. And sorry that happened. So later Saturday, after we finished kayaking, we... What did we do? Oh, man, we didn't really do much of anything. We went and got fish and chips. We went and got fish and chips, and then we went out to that outdoor bar that I was talking about. Nobody there. Nobody there. Very disappointed in the outdoor bar. Um, Sunday rolls around. Sunday rolls around. You know, it's just a chill day. The most chill day you could think of. We make all this good food. I go to Waffle House in the morning because girls love hibachi, and I took that picture of the hibachi chef that is uh, uh, Waffle House. Waffle House always hits. It's not like that crackpot joint bar. Bob Evans and Cracker Barrel. I'm Waffle House forever. And then, uh, yeah, Sunday, just ate a bunch. Uh, Monday morning, drove back. Nothing crazy. It was a really, it was a good trip just to see my friends, but I was very disappointed in the city of Cincinnati. So, get more stuff. I prefer Pittsburgh over Cincinnati 1,000% of the time. 1,000% of the time. All right, so the Hinge guy, the Hinge Prince. I told you I was going to get to the Hinge Prince. It's time to talk about me being the Hinge Prince. So because I was in Cincinnati, obviously I changed my location to near Cincinnati area. I don't think people have seen people that look like me out there because I'm a very unique looking individual. Uh, but I am, I'm, my location is still in Cincinnati. I'm not going to lie to you. And it is get notifications all the time. And people are pumped up to see me and they're making jokes and we're going back and forth. But I had a moment uh, on Sunday. <laughs> Here's how stupid I am. So yeah, I have like matches and, and people to talk to. I don't plan on meeting any of these people ever. If anything, I'm just trying to get another listener out of them. You know, If I'm not in the same geographic location as you, there's no point. Um, I matched with somebody who went to this big college like 40, 30, 30 minutes from my house big college in ohio 30 minutes from my house she was a very pretty very pretty girl and i didn't message her when i matched with her months ago i matched with her in like april all right and i don't know what happened on july the 5th but i sent a message and that was really dumb because obviously she's not gonna respond we matched four months ago but where I was at mentally four months ago, I didn't have the capacity to try to start a conversation with a person like that or, or a girl like that. Uh, and then mentally, which is where I was at. And now where I'm at mentally, which is great, I could have that conversation, but I've cost myself that opportunity. So here we go into the philosophical stuff. I'll, I got to push that philosophical stuff aside because I got to talk about Hinge for like a couple more minutes. Um. Before that, my location was on uh, Upper East Side, New York. That's where I stay when I'm there. That's where I'm looking on moving to. I have a couple things lined up with some people. So the move could be happening very soon and could be by the end of the month I'm in a different area code. 
And I'm up there and I get these matches from people and they're, you know, everybody and their brother's a comic. So them seeing me on there as a comic and podcaster is not surprising. But one person matched with me and she's a comedy manager. And she's asking me what my opening line is in my stand-up act. That was the most pressure-packed message I've ever sent in my life. I've sent a lot of risky texts. I've sent some you up texts. I've sent some, some how do you feel about me text. Me sending an opening line or just the gist of my opening joke to a girl who manages some pretty good comics was very scary. And guess what, folks? She did not reply. We are on like day two or roughly of day three. No reply from her, so I'm going to assume it went bad. It went not good. And somebody else was asking me about my whole life story. They seemed very intrigued. I told them a hair, uh, just a little bit. I didn't tell them the whole thing. Uh, and she loved it. And then she asked for a link to the show. I gave her a link to the show. No reply. How I, mean, I know I'm the hinge prince because I get all these matches, but I guess I'm like terrible at talking to people. I, I honestly thought I was a king at talking to people, not even a prince. I really feel very comfortable talking to the opposite sex. It really does not bother me at all. But I don't know. Is I always think it's funny uh, that that stuff happens. Uh, I really am trying to push off the philosophical stuff, but I, we got like five minutes, so I might as well do the philosophical stuff. Um, so we're thinking like a monk. I've, I've read a, a couple chapters again lately, and I just want to... So I read a book. I always do this. I read a book through one time, and then the second time I read it through, I make notes and try to sort of, I don't know, take those principles into my everyday life. So we're on this... You, you and me, the listener, are on this journey now where we are going through thinking like a monk. So... Number one, identity. Okay, so there's this old parable about two monks and whatever the place monks live or, or function is at, all right? The older monk takes the younger monk into the basement. There's only one mirror in the entire place. And he tells him to look at it. And he says, what do you see? And he says, I see me. And then the old monk takes his hand, whoosh, takes off all the dust on the mirror. He says, now what do you see? Now he sees the real him. So the question to that is, the th outside forces, is this dust or is this me? Is this really me? Is this really my values? Is this really my identity? Or is this all smoke and mirrors? Mirrors, no pun intended. Is this dust? Is this fake? Is this who I really want to be? Okay? So let's talk about identity for a second. So become the role, and I made bold points of quotes that stuck out to me or things that I can take uh, to my own life. So become the role you want to play. So become the role you want to play. And that goes into uh, method act, the, the method acting thing, and that stuck out to me about Daniel Day-Lewis, who's only done like six movies or whatever, but has done, uh, yeah, roughly six movies, but he's won the Oscar like three times. So obviously he really delves deep into his character and really focuses on that craft because life's hard and it's hard to get good at, at one thing alone. So maybe don't spread yourself out too thin. All right. So let's not let others dictate our uh, choices. Let's not let outside factors dictate how we want to be as a person. Now I know your boss tells you to do something that's different. 
your parent tells you to do something that's different, you have a kid, and you don't want to go pick it up from t-ball practice, but you do it anyway because you have to do it. Those are things you can't really, that those are non-negotiables, all right? But people, maybe a couple friends you associate with that, that want to stay out for one more drink, and you don't really want to. Don't let them dictate your life in that sense. Because you might feel worse in the morning. You know you'll feel fine in the morning if you leave right now. But you stick around, now you feel bad. McConaughey calls it leaving crumbs uh, when, you, when you, you know, stick around too long or do something you don't really want to do. All right? Or do something negative. Do something you don't really want to do that's negative. Uh, another thing, we got to build the monk mind. We'll work on that here uh, in future episodes. So check in daily. Check in with yourself. That's one thing I've been working on. I've been feeling a lot funnier lately. Even if it's not good stuff that I'm writing, it is stuff that I'm writing nonetheless. And you have to get those swings, you know? You know what I mean? you got to get those bad ones out of the way. Because eventually, if you swing so many times, the baseline is going to be good. Right now, for me, the baseline is bad. Eventually, the baseline will be okay. And the really good comics, the baseline is good. You know what I mean? So it's all about getting repetitions in. Uh, check in with yourself. Did you do the productive things that you want to do? I know when I'm not productive, if I don't work out, if I don't write, if I don't do work that needs to be done at work or on the computer to set myself up for future jobs, I know those personal Jiminy Crickets at night and those Tweety Birds going around my head late at night keep me up, man. It won't let me sleep. All right? So it's, again, this is all about leaving crumbs and putting yourself on the path to success to become the person that you want to be, all right? And you do that by checking in with yourself daily. Take a tally. Make a point system of your own. Say, if I get this, I get plus one point. If I think about this or if I think about that person or if I think about that negative action, that's minus five points, all right? And total, total it out for yourself. I have always had the division, and when I move into my next place, I will be purchasing this. My dad always had these big day planner calendars, and he always had them on his work desk. And I plan on getting one. I had one my freshman year of college, but you couldn't tell that kid anything. He was a very depressed, sad kid who did nothing but stay in his college dorm room and watch stand-up specials all day. All right? And I plan on, obviously, writing down daily tasks, writing down upcoming events or future shows or what have you. But I also plan on, on doing a little baseball stuff. And what I mean by that is every day – Check in with myself and my point system, my tally system. Mark a W, mark an L. You know, it's baseball. There's going to be a lot of L's. You know, life is baseball because the beauty of it is there's always tomorrow you get to come back and play again. Okay? So mark those W's and L's. It's okay to take a loss. You know, baseball players fail seven out of ten times and are Hall of Famers. It is okay to fail. It is okay. Knowing who you are not is more important than knowing who you are. As long as you're on that path, and you have to look at things like that. So yeah, I was very upset that I didn't like the city of Cincinnati. Philosophically thinking, wow, at least I know I don't want to live in Cincinnati. You know, I really wish I could make more jokes about how I didn't enjoy it. But really, where my mind is now as a person is at least I know I don't want to live there. So I take that experience, and I had fun, and I know I don't want to live there. And that's that. And you move on. Okay, so and also once a month, here's something for us. Once a month, go somewhere new. Once a month, try a new thing. It's very scary to try new things and, and get involved with the community, get involved with a new area. 
But if you do it, you feel more comfortable in your surroundings, right? And you'll meet more people. That's always good. So uh, it's called a life audit. This thing's called a life audit, and I have this as a comedy life audit. And I've already put steps on those. So uh, track how I use my time for a week, and then look back at the end of the week and, and track how I'm using my time. I've already set timers on my apps, limiting myself to an hour and a half of Twitter, an hour and a half of Instagram, an hour and a half of TikTok, an hour and a half of whatever app is out next week, okay? Because uh, all those things, when I find myself spending all of the time on social media and just comparison is the thief of joy, and I just find myself looking, 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 consuming, I'm, I'm becoming a consumer as opposed to a creator. And that is not good for a guy who wants to be a professional creator. When you do more consuming than creating, you start looking eternally negatively, and that will keep you up at night. So make those uh, 1% changes. Lower values lead to anxiety and negativity. Those negative thoughts that I have, and I know what triggers them, and I know what they are, I know where they stem from, I know who they're about, I know what they're about, I know what they could do. All of that cloud right there, that cloud of negativity that hangs over everybody, okay, I know what can trigger it to make it start raining down on me. And it's up to me as a, as a strong-willed, mentally tough person to know the lower values versus the positive values, what makes me feel this way, what makes me feel good, what fills me up, what empties my mind, okay? So, a couple more things here. This one was actually tough. This one was actually, this one actually kind of shook me up a little bit when I reread it again and when I actually did the exercise that they were talking about. Not a physical exercise, but a mental exercise. The three best things you ever did. And it made me write down the three best things I had ever done. And one of those was going to West Virginia University. I grew up a Marshall fan, I went to West Virginia University. Um, I made so many connections. I started performing actual stand-up there, and I had a lot of fun. Really loved my time at West Virginia. So that was one of the best decisions I ever made. Second best decision I ever made, starting the podcast versus like just, just the whole comedy journey. Um, when you find your purpose, uh, a big part of this book is finding your purpose. I found my purpose when I was like 12, 13. But finding your purpose and finding your talent and seeing what overlaps, that's what life is all about to me and leaving the planet better than you found it, obviously. Finding your purpose, my purpose, that I was put here to give people a positive mindset, make them laugh, that type of thing. Versus what I'm talented at, public speaking. Combine that. Comedy, okay? So I'm very fortunate that I have that. But but for you, you know, find your purpose. Find what fills you up, makes you feel good. Cross-reference that. Do some uh, Dewey Decibel system. Go look, what am I uh, talented in? Okay, I'm talented at this, and I really like this. How do I make them meet? There's that. Um, so yeah, doing my podcast and stand-up was was the third, one of the best decisions I ever made. And then the third one, and it shook me up, okay? The, sh the third one was falling in love, uh, and it was a great feeling, and now I know what I want out of a person in the future. Now I know what I don't want out of a person in the future. And that one, and that was a, such an eye-open experience for me um, like when I read this book months ago and I was just mentally out of it and I wrote that down, the three best things that I have done. And I had that and it completely changed my mind and perception of that whole situation for me because I was so hung up and such, you know, uh, it was beating me up and I was beating myself up 
because I felt like I had, I felt like I had uh, ripped away an opportunity of what could have been, and those what and what have you's and what could have been will keep you up at night for sure. Uh, just felt like I robbed myself of a good feeling, and then I took that and I realized the same with Cincinnati. That was fun. That was a fun experience. I was like, I want that exact experience again, but I'm very excited to find the next experience. I know what I want out of a city, a metaphor here. I know what I want out of a city. I know what's fun about a city. I know I like what a city has to offer for me. And there's some things that Cincinnati does that other cities don't do, but I'm very much excited to find that next city. That's a big metaphor for you guys. Um, so get rid of outside influence. Again, if you have a couple friends, do some, do some, honestly, I mean this sincerely, do some friends, uh, uh, do some recall here. Think about the last time you talked to a, a friend. Think about the last time you had a deep conversation with a friend. Think about the last time that friend was there for you in need. Think about the last time a friend asked you for something without expecting anything in return. Think about something they want you to return. Think about all that stuff. All right. Recalibrate your friendships, maybe. All right. What do we have here? Uh, who I want to be. Just who I want to be. You got to figure out who you want to be. Identify your values. And that leaves us with the question. All that outside influence, your passion, what your talent is, the crossover, the three best decisions you ever made in your life, whether it be uh, having a child, whether it be taking a job in a different city, whether it be being a comic. All right, self-reflection, daily check-in. Ask yourself this question. Is this dust or is this me? All right, thanks for, for listening and watching today. Uh, keep taking care of yourselves and keep listening to the show. Tell your friends about it so it can grow. A couple great comics on the next couple weeks. Hope to see you there.